We are happy to announce that this episode of the SW Show is partially brought to you by Humble Bundle. Well, not, not really. We are part of the Humble Bundle referral program, and we just wanted to say that if you like really cheap games and maybe helping charity pending the Humble thing going on, all you have to do is go to humblebundle.com forward slash question mark partner equals SWW. That's right. Humblebundle.com forward slash question mark partner equals SWW. And you just do your normal stuff and it just kind of helps us get a couple bucks here and there. Maybe it helps AJ go about his lights. Maybe it's my camera. Maybe we actually pay Corey for helping us out. But again, if you're going to go buy games anyway, it might be worth checking out. Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 60 of the SWW show. That's that's a big number. That's a big number. This show is almost ready for uh, Social Security. Damn, that's true. Does that do we get the checked in? Does it get like how does that work? Do we think? No, uh, I know we sure shit don't get anything. <laughs> well, we just won't ever. Like that's I just I, the way I just prepare for retirement is I just assume that we're never going to. That's valid. <laughs> so like to me, I go well. That's just assumed, right? I mean, I'm definitely doing my damnedest to make sure I can retire, but... Oh, no, no, I'm doing my damnedest to do that, but I meant more like the social security part of, like... We're just, oh, yeah, we're we just, won't have that. We're, no. we're accepting the truth, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like that, you know, I'm doing my damnedest to make sure that's also true, too, for me, but I meant the damnedest of, let's be honest here, I just pretend that number of line I would be zero, anything extra with my budget easier. Yeah. Yeah, welcome, everyone. We are here to discuss everything that happened this month. Um, I'll say there's a lot this month. There's a lot. Let's let's start with yeah the big thing as, as AJ kind of I think where I one of added we started planning some new stuff for next year and that will be exciting. So keep an eye on that stuff. We'll probably have some sort of big more formally fun announcement beginning next year. Some changes. Um, let's start with you. Uh, you actually did the thing that you were debating doing or not? Should we should we discuss the judgment? Oh, yeah. Uh, I've talked about talk, this on were, stream a couple but times. Talk, I, th I thought you were more torn on if you wanted to start it. Was that one or was that the next one you were waiting on? Um, well, I need to finish Like a Dragon Ishin as well. Granted, that's a side story, so it really doesn't matter. But the next side story comes out this month and then like a dragon seven which is called what i just looked this up this morning uh infinite wealth is the name of yeah. seven yep okay and i remember seeing the stuff for that gaiden the man who erased his name is the next side story um which that will be the first new side story because ishin came out on the ps3 but only in japan mm -hmm. judgment is its own thing it's set in the same city 
as most of the Yakuza games. Uh, Kamarocho. But it's modern. Which... Technically... Like a Dragon is... Yakuza Like a Dragon is modern day for most of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Infinite Wealth will be like effectively today. Um, if not, maybe slightly in the future. So Judgment is the most like timeline wise recent thing. Um, that you can play, but uh, yeah, that's so that's. This is the the worst time to start your backlog, but also there is no good time to start your backlog. There's no good time, but this is not a good time. Yeah. So. Yeah. That, that is exciting. So I'm assuming you're still enjoying it, still kind of just going through it. Yeah, I will say I'm about five hours in and I looked up the how to how long to beat just to have an idea, right? Because these games can get long. And the first judgment is about 28 hours and lost judgment is about 25. Mm-hmm. I'm a little concerned that I'm four hours in and only about 6% through. <laughs> oh. Have you done too much side stuff or what do you feel on that? I've done like four side things. Mm. Um, like I haven't even gotten into the whole like side stories yet. I've only I think I just finished chapter one. Okay. so I don't know how many chapters there are. That's the other thing. Um, I'm assuming the usual you're you're enjoying this kind of I'm assuming it's another one of those. Is that a fair? Yeah, it's another Yakuza game. It's just detective based. Mm -hmm. So no, that's that's good. Again, it's the usual kind of it's interesting to me because like obviously that that series has grown over the last decade, but it's like I don't. It's still one of those that I still have trouble recommending to people. I mean, that series has exploded in the past five years since. um, Well, they started coming to Game Pass not too terribly long, I think two years ago. Yeah, yeah. So. But it started to blow up before then, I feel like. I feel like Game Pass sure was there, but I feel like pre that you started to see the blow up happening. Yeah, because. Or I guess. Is like a dragon seven? I keep calling it six. I think it's seven. I think it's seven. Um, yeah, it's seven. Uh, six came out. Six is called, I think, A Song of Life. I've got the collector's edition uh, box for that. That came out on PS4 in the States. Not day and date, but pretty close. Um... I think it was within a year of it coming out. So that was huge because I think Yakuza 5 came out on the PS3. Mm-hmm. So 6 was, was the first one on PS4. 7 was a cross-gen. And now 8, I think, will only be modern consoles. So, I mean, it's it's gained popularity because... Six and seven have come out since Grand Theft Auto Five, and a lot of people used to call these like the Japanese GTAs. Yeah, that's actually probably is a very 
And I think that's more because people were like, oh, gangster theme must be GTA. And it's like some of them are they're more akin to like a Saints Row one or two. Yeah, that's where it's not it's not true openness in that yeah. same way where like people are picturing you say the words GTA. Right. Um, yeah, I'm having a blast like I always do. Nice. That's, that's exciting. Um, you you also don't have it on there, but I wanted to just shout out to because I wanted to ask you about it while I'm thinking about it. Uh, AC Mirage, what you playing that on stream? Oh yeah, ago? I I haven't put a ton of time into it, so okay. I'm like that's what I was curious. I'm like I think I'm like five hours like, into that as well. Because I'm very curious. Because AC Mirage was definitely a game that um that interests me because I like the oldest house speeds way more than the current ones. Yeah, it it has that feel right of more of the AC two AC three era. Maybe even AC1. It's been so long. Um, but it's got... It's got the map barf of, like, AC4 and onward. So, so that'd be Black Flag. So you're saying, like, what, there's just too much? Or what do you mean by the oh, map? Oh, there's the icons map fucking everywhere. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, I, see, I assume they were team that's because that was the whole pitch of this game. I mean, the map is definitely smaller. Um... You know, then Valhalla was like Valhalla's map was fucking massive. It's huge. I think Mirage's map is maybe like two zones from Valhalla, size-wise. Mm, okay. But it feels like just as many icons. Um. So. It is that more traditional, like, AC-ness, but it's got a feel of origin to it. Where you're, there's open desert. You know, like, there are sections where you're just cruising through the desert. And until you lock those synchro points to fast travel, you know, you got to make that trek at least twice basically um so it's you know it it has the same issues that more modern ACs have where there can be some distance between things and it takes a minute to get there but it's a lot faster (laughs) Also, the whole free running thing is kind of disappointing. Because they pitch it as like, you can free run just about anywhere. But you can't. Like, it's still very much. Oh, here's where you start, because here's the white cloth. You know, on the mm-hmm. pile of boxes. Mm-hmm. Still and that. then there's a very specific path to go up the, the towers and... So we'll get to in a second. I'm very intrigued by that still being a thing, saying we're like in the era of like Spider-Man, which we'll get to in a second, of like they've mastered that free running up. That you think it's asking you to just kind of take that playbook and be like, sure, on the back end, you have to have padding and all this fun nonsense. But like there are ways to kind of control that a little bit better to still give them that flexibility. 
I mean, even uh, Valhalla, like, you could get up to a ledge, and then the window for you to jump to the next one was huge. Mm-hmm. This feels like if it's not just outside of arm's reach, your character is not going to go for it. Mm. And so that's really annoying. Um, yeah. It's a solid, like, probably seven and a half. Okay. Um, I could give it an eight. I could probably be. But, like, that, but that seems kind of weird. Like, it, it yep. seems like that, like, it's good. It probably is for people who like the series, but it's not this game that everyone needs to play. Um, I think it's definitely for people that liked the old ACs mm-hmm. and got tired of. That new formula. You know, you know your. Uh, Origins, your Valhalla's, your whatever the Greek one was. The one in between Origin and Valhalla. Um, um, I think it was Greek. Yeah, it was Greek, and I thought I thought that was or. Oh, God, no, you're right. There was that other one. AC something. Anyway, those massive yeah. ones. Like, if you were a fan of AC 1 and 2... This is the perfect game for you. Um, mm-hmm. If you were. If you were a fan of the series and then got burned out, this is a great spot to hop back in. That sounds, that's, that's exactly what I was looking for. That's good. That is that is exciting. Uh, yeah. Cool. Uh, let's jump into I want to shout out. We're on it. So let's talk about it. Spider-Man 2. Uh. I think it's great. I think I think Spider-Man 2 is very much needed for more Spider-Man, but I do think there are some problems of like they've changed some UI around. I think it's a little it gets a little hairy kind of what gadget's using. I want to reverse something I did say though when we were talking last week before I said the gadgets aren't strong enough. I got some upgrades. They are stronger than the last game. Some of these gadgets. Uh, my favorite gadgets I want to shout out in Spider-Man 2 is there's one, I think it might have been the first one, something similar, where, like, you release it, it, like, it releases five tethers and tries to pull the enemies together. But there's an upgrade on it where it can also do that with projectiles, like explosive barrels, or those dumb turrets on the enemy tanks and stuff. So now it turns into such a broken thing when I just have a bunch of enemies right there next to, like, a tank, because then I just do that and go to the tank all in the same movement. And it's Kind of almost comedic how easy it makes certain fights. Yeah, I think that was called the Web Blossom in the first. Yeah, one. something it was something like that. Was, but yeah, it's a cool. It's a, again, I do like. I know me and you kind of played it. I do like the gadgets of the game. I do like some of those changes. Um, I want to shout out though what has to be the most technically impressive fast travel system I have ever experienced in a game. So so how it works is you have to for each area you have to like level it up a bit and then you unlock fast travel in that area. So, you know, normally it'd be like, I select a sub-area, and then, like, I would load somewhere in that sub-area that they predetermined. No. I open the map, I say, I want to go here, I instant load right there. Like, I mean down to the exact location on the map. Yeah, I've seen it in, in practice, and it is very cool. It is very insane how good that is. Like, from a technical point of view, I don't understand how they're pulling that off. Like, like... That's that's a good one. I also think even the like switching between Spider-Man is insanely impressive how snappy and fast that is. Like there's some missions you go up to and they're like, hey, you need to go to Spider-Man. You just hit a button 
and it just auto switches you out like no big deal and i and i think there are things that i go this game is still has some bugs but i think from those technical feats i go it is impressive as hell and i go back to the original thing it's more spider-man if you like that formula you'll like spider-man too if you didn't it doesn't reinvent the wheel but i think it plays with it really really well it's why i'm curious to see the next gta Mm-hmm. Right, something that can take advantage of that capability of the instant switch. Like that was the killer of GTA Five was having yes. to switch between characters, and it would take a minute. It would take a hot minute. So, if you could just do that on the fly, oh dear God, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, even on you. even on PC, right? Like. For those that don't know, my computer is basically all SSD. Mm-hmm. In fact, it is all SSD. Um, so I have zero issues normally with load times. Because my stuff loads instantly. GTA is still... It's still like 15, 20 seconds. Still, even to this day, a decade later? Yeah. Wow, I never realized quite that you still it took that long even for it. Like, because I know like you have better hard drives up than I do for loading. Yeah. And like, like I didn't realize that yours still took that long. Okay. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, you're not switching characters that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like it very much is. But yeah. So. Oh, great. Uh, next thing on the list I'll talk about is Dave the Diver. Um. I know that we have kind of, I think me and you kind of offhand talk about it, but I just want to show this game's really fun. It's a very simply game mechanically in the sense of, so it's two games in one, right? So the first game, it's a fishing game. Where you basically have to go collect certain fish kind of, and you have to either find some resources, like normal, like kind of basic fish, like scuba diving fishing game. And then the second part is you are opening up your own sushi restaurant using the stuff you caught in that first act. I think it's a really, really good, like, chill game and i think it's again and i think it's a chill game but it doesn't feel shallow and i think that's the line that i think it balances really well because i think there's a problem with a lot of games that people call like the chill game and it's like great but why am i doing the thing where i still think save diver makes it mechanically feel right and like this progression reasons to kind of keep doing what you're doing versus just kind of doing it and i think that's the problem with a lot of these like when people say that, like this is my ammo crossing problem of why am i doing this really <laughs> like where I think this game at least kind of keeps you on that leash well and lets you do it and, and make it feel good. Yeah, I mean, this that game deleted evenings for me. I'd get home from work at 4. I'd fire up Dave the Diver by 4.30. And suddenly it would be 10 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, where did the night go? No, so. yeah, no, I... I I really recommend the game. I've been playing on Steam Deck, and I think if like I think this is a perfect game for one of those, like especially like if you're on the couch or whatever, because like, like especially if you watch them, when someone's watching them, like you care about the audio, but not really. Like it's very much a good like one of those. Well, and it and plays super well on the Steam Deck. The great part about that game is there's three distinct sections every day, mm-hmm. and you can just end them whenever you want. Yeah. So like if you need to, you know, head out. You just end whatever session you're in, save the game, and it picks up right where you left off. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. The no, save the save for Dave the Diver is 
one of its best features. And as someone of the last few years who's tried to learn safe systems a lot more, uh, like I knew them, but like really tried to learn them. Jesus, like that when something like that just works, it's always super impressive to me, especially like that where it's like you could save in such a weird spot, it just works. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, perfect. Uh, let's see anything else coming up. Yes, and then lastly, we've both been playing it. Uh, is there anything new you want to talk about or say, kind of generally speaking, about Payday Three or your current stream game? I mean. I think the problem that you and I have reached is we have to make a decision with this game. Mm -hmm. Either we go down the route of the guys that hopped in with us on our um, one of our streams recently and try to speedrun stuff or we try to stealth like We've gone through all of the missions. Right, I think we just, we have to start kind of coming up with, with things within yeah. the missions to kind of, yeah. And I, and I was thinking that it too, so, like, the speedrun stuff was fun, but I could totally see that, like, at some point, I'm like, eh. Like, well, like, to me, I, I think there's something kind of... And again, I think there was something still there about this game, and I'll be curious, say, a year or two from now, because I'll take Payday 2, but forever. Uh, I'll be curious, kind of, if our opinions on this game changes to... I want to say it's negative now, but I think a little... It's that mixed of positive just because we've gone through, through our content point. I'll be curious, kind of, if they fix those problems, like, I would view it as, I'm assuming you would too, of like, our opinions would probably get higher on this game. I mean, my opinion's still incredibly high on in this game. Mm hmm. It's just. I guess it was a little more it. like, yeah, especially with my content, where it didn't feel like that was like two or three weeks. Like, it wasn't that long if you think about it. Yeah, I think we finished all missions in three weeks worth of streams. Mm hmm. So. And we could have done it faster. We probably could have done it in two. Mm -hmm. Totally. Uh, let's see anything else. No. Uh, let's jump to movie stuff we've seen. Uh, you have a lot here, so I'm just going to jump with it. Uh, tell your fight story, I believe, would probably be the best way to start this. <laughs> oh, dear God. If anyone watched that Fury and Ganu fight um, and wasn't a big fan of boxing you suddenly see why everyone thinks boxing is rigged it was such a disgrace uh, Francis Ngannou won that fight and yeah and long story short basically the judges made sure the boxing guy won even though he didn't so, and I will say, I'm pretty sure uh, Joe Tessitore got paid for every time he mentioned they were in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Because that dude was riding that dick. Like, it was every other word. <laughs> it felt like it was this beautiful stadium in Riyadh, so, Saudi Arabia. I've got to ask. Dude, Riyadh, there, yeah. there must have been stipulations of how much. Because, like, even WWE does that with all those clarifying there in Saudi Arabia every 20 seconds. Yeah. So I'm, I bet you for these venues, there very much are rules of. Maybe. I think it would be, <laughs> it'd be really funny if they didn't, if. Uh, if the Trump casino organized an event 
and he was there and then hear <laughs> that hear yeah. that dick riding because like normally the dick riding isn't that severe it's normally like you know oh welcome back to the beautiful MGM Grand mm-hmm. in Las Vegas Nevada and that's it usually sometimes if it's like a weird venue they'll be a little more involved um, but this was like every round break they talked about it mm. every time between rounds they talked about it in the 50 minutes I think it was it was at least 50 minutes between the last uh, pre-card fight and the main event they talked about it non-stop and I get it you have you have to fill mm-hmm. but it was just like good lord it was bad and it's yeah. it was the perfect example of you know people have a problem with the Saudi sports washing yeah, which I really I do I really do I do but I don't I'm like, it's I get it right. Like they're. I have a problem with it in the same way. I have a problem with Tencent being everywhere in a lot of ways of like, I think I'm more of the secondary concerns, maybe of like what this could do, like, especially like the Saudis have of like they're pumping money into sports and all this stuff. And like, it's not real revenue. So I'm really concerned also if like everything gets structured around this and now they pull back. Maybe that's I mean, they're just is. diversifying their economy, right? Like, right. those Saudis have the Kingdom of Saud has more money than yeah anyone on Earth, you know, including inflation, right? Like the top level of the Saud royal family are trillionaires mm-hmm. with a T, right? These guys realize, look, oil's not going to last forever. Mm-hmm. We need to have something where we can make money. So it's why they're building the line. It's why they're it's why they're doing all this stuff while they still have that oil money. Right. And being like, well, shit, we got to figure something out. So. In a way, I appreciate it because it's like, OK, mm-hmm. they've realized the problem. And they're trying to fix it. Do I like their solution to fixing it? Not really. Does it bother me? Not really. Other than uh, not being able to see Rhea Ripley's uh, bondage gear. (laughs) Like, and that's just a joke, right? Like, Mm -hmm. the crown jewel having the women have to be covered up, whatever, like. Hey, the letting wrestle at least, which I appreciate yeah. that first one they weren't. Like So Which is also this. I think this is part of my problem too is everyone's cutting up to an place where like their grand thing was a few years ago they let a woman drive the first time. Like like that's part of my problem too. <laughs> of like when I'm dealing with like a like semi okay country in a lot of ways, morally. Yeah, I mean it's it's one of those things, right? It's a it's still a kingdom. It'll mm-hmm. always be a kingdom. So. And it's an Islamic kingdom. So as 
as the West is Judeo-Christian, we're taught from a young age that Muslims are, you know, the worst. Mm-hmm. Which they're not. They're pretty cool people at times. Christians are just as bad. Jews are just as bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's... Obviously, they weren't getting with the times because that's what their religion... Right, they don't have but, separation and, of church and state because... Yeah, yeah. And, but like, I mean more of like... Like, that's an example of, like, there could be certain things, like, religious-wise, but that's a good example. If you look at that, I go, that's a pretty, there's some pretty black and white stuff that, like, I would argue, like, especially, like, or, like, let's be honest, the biggest fuck you of all this was the, was the merger of Liv and PGA. Like, that was that moment. Oh, that was hilarious. After all the people said no to how much money, like. Like, I just want people to understand, right? Dustin Johnson. Signed a deal with Liv for $300 million for a year and a half mm-hmm. of exclusivity. That man just made more than like the top 150 people on the PGA will make in their careers for a year and a half. And you got Rory out here going... I'll never take Saudi money. I'll never do this. I'll never do that. Well, guess what? You know who's going to be signing your paychecks from here on out? Yeah, right. It's going to say KSA on there, bud. So. That was the biggest, like, hearing that merger, I was so happy because I'm like, the PGA was so stuck up and Liv was, I mean, Liv was playing into it. Mm -hmm. Whatever, like, they do, they can do that. That's fine. It was the biggest fuck you to the PGA. It was hilarious. So, yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. Uh, I'm trying to uh, let, I'm going to just throw up mine. I recently watched, actually, i never seen the film. We've obviously, it's a film that I think you've probably seen or heard of, obviously. I want to show up. Uh, it's an older film, but a film that I really enjoyed was almost famous. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's, it's, it's a film that I could totally see why it was not a wide release hit, um, but I do think it's a film that if you like films, it was a very fun film. And I think also it's interesting there's a lot of like A and B listers in this film. Like it's a film that you look back and you go like because obviously at the time, like some of these people were big, some of the last big. But like it's like, how do you have all these people together? And it's such, I think, a fun and interesting story. And I think it's one that I think everyone should kind of check out. If you don't know, it's about Kate Hudson kind of. Um, being Penny Lane, who who was a real person, right? right? Like, of like basically the idea of being groupies around bands and stuff, and kind of what she want to do, kind of with her life. And it's one of those like coming of age stories I think is really fun and yeah. worth checking out. Well, it follows the reporter, the mm-hmm. student reporter, following a groupie, right? So, yeah, good time with Billy Crumpet in it and it's Francis McDonald. Like, it's a good cast too. Yeah, so. it's pretty stacked, guys. Uh, let's talk about it. Uh, Saw X. So I'm Saw assuming 10. This is Saw Ten. Is this the? This is. This is the are there more? Show. I know that. Is there? Is there gonna be more after this, or is this kind of the final? Um, I'm not up on my Saw lore, but I know this falls between one and two. Okay, I remember. Yeah, this was a prequel. Yeah. I, so what 
So what is what is what was kind of your what is your let's kind of start this back. What is your opinion with the Saw franchise, and then kind of then if you want to dig into this film. I mean, I think the first three or four are really good suspenseful movies. Like, they're not horror movies because there's really not an aspect of horror to them other than the gore. Um, and then kind of after that, they just turned into torture porn for a little bit. Mm. This one is kind of a combination of both. Like, I will say, I think the best game is one that isn't even real. Um, and I'm not going to spoil it too much, but. So the other the other games are pretty. Lackluster is not the right word, but definitely old school. Saw. Right, like. They aren't super elaborate. They aren't, uh, you know, crazy over the top and they're all survivable. Like that's a big part of. John Kramer's Jigsaw is that all of the traps in games you could survive. If you did the right thing. That is interesting about a lot of the modern solves, but that is very true. Yeah, and then later movies, like, they started getting just to the point where there's clearly no way out. Like, even if they did the thing, it would take them longer than three minutes. You know, so. Yeah. Do you recommend Solax? I think if you are... Somebody that follows the franchise, you've already seen it. Mm. If, <laughs> excuse me, if you are. Uh, if you were a fan of the first two, this is great because it fits right in. Other than that, I don't think there's really a reason to see it. Mm. Um, yeah. Nice. Uh, why don't you kind of we have a few things left between our scene and done if you want to just kind of take over the rest of that before we jump into our film and TV news yeah uh, so I have watched all of Shorzy season 2 which is not saying much it's only like 6 or 7 episodes and they're all about 25 minutes each I think I plowed through it in the afternoon in an afternoon um, it's good it exemplifies the issue that I have with Letterkenny though of each project is like six months apart and they're shorter projects and they're only half hour episodes so you fly through them in a day and you're like great cool there's more right it's like no there isn't for another six months and you're just like, goddamn. All right. So. Yeah. Okay. 
as far as things we've done, um, speaking of live and PGA, I got a chance to play the, as they call it, the most heroic round in golf. Um, there's a golf course by me called American Dunes that is a Jack Nicholas course and it supports Folds of Honor. Mm -hmm. the uh, charity in fact folds of honor was founded at the golf course okay um in its previous life it's it's now called american dunes it used to be called something else and it's beautiful um it doesn't go right up against lake michigan but if they cleared a couple trees you could see it it's basically a road away from the lake um tough beautiful uh had a good time with that my dad and i played that you're gonna uh you're gonna that reminds me of you it's gonna blow your mind would you believe i've never actually been to the sand dunes in either indiana or michigan no yeah i I never got got out to see them we might have to change that we have to fix that it sounds like yeah uh yeah uh and i just want to congratulate as we're recording this this happened literally an hour ago as we're recording this, uh, Ryan Blaney won the NASCAR Cup Series Championship. Nice. And yeah, as we're recording too, also in two weeks, is it, is the uh, two weeks from yesterday is the Vegas race for F1. Yeah. At like one o'clock in the morning or something like that. Yeah. Some insane time. Yep. Some absolutely insane. Guess time. who's not watching that one live? This guy. Right? <laughs> also, F1. Like, like. I understand you like money. Can we come out, come up with stuff that's less insanely priced once in a while? Did you have you heard that average tickets are sixty six hundred dollars right now? And like we're ignoring what it's doing to like hotel room costs and shit. Oh yeah, hotels are like at least a thousand bucks. And like, did you read the stuff of like how much apparently they originally wanted for yeah. like a hotel room and shit? Like it was insane. Yeah, they <laughs> wanted to charge two grand a person her room that faced the yeah that could see the track yeah yeah so insane also apparently it is causing havoc yeah in vegas right now yeah because apparently like you can't even see stuff like the fountain like all this stuff that like yeah they cut down all the trees on the boulevard the i think it's the bellagio's fountains you can't see the Venetian's outdoor gondola area is dry mm-hmm. because they're putting grandstands there. Like, it is screwing over Vegas right now. And yeah. I think it's hilarious. It is. It is. I will be very curious, kind of. Um, because the, the best part about it is this is Americans finally realizing how long it takes to set up an F1 race. Right, because I saw people being like, why the hell is being set up? It's like September, October, they started. People being like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> I'm like, boys, you do not realize. Like, But that's like, that's like, I deal with like Chicago and the NASCAR race. And like, I don't think it was quite as bad, but that was also another yeah. level of fucking chaos. Of like, and this is also like, like, our cities, like, I don't know, like, built for the, like, because they built F1 with the city centers in Europe so like they like they built it with their like their like structures in mind and sizing and all this stuff. 
Well, like here, just like cities aren't built the same. Yeah, and I mean, really, the only problem. yeah, the only city track anymore is Monaco, and right, they've got that thing down to a science. Because mm-hmm. they've been doing it for sixty-five years. But that's part of the problem is too. Like this is the first time they're doing it, so like of course it's not a science. Yeah. But I mean, so it's November. Probably middle of this month, they'll start setting up for the Australian GP, mm-hmm. which is in I think March. So, yeah, they they take a long time setting these boys up. So, yeah, it's been hilarious seeing that. uh, Also, I love that they had TwitchCon out there while all that was going on. Yes. So I was seeing, like, people responding to people that were out there and just showing the photos, and I'd see them on Twitter. like... Welcome to racing, baby. Like, Right? I don't think y'all realize, like, when they are running in a city, just how screwed that city is for, like, three months. So. Mm-hmm. Also, the best part about it, I didn't realize this until, or maybe I heard about it and just forgotten F1 is moving their U.S. headquarters out to Vegas. Wait, really? Yeah, because that's the pit building. Like, the pit building for the Vegas race is F1's headquarters in the U.S. now. So it's like, not only are they ruining your city for three months, they're going to be in town now forever. So you know (laughs) they're running. You know they're running that F1 race for a minute. Like... (laughs) Yeah, they would, otherwise they would not be there. They'd be like Miami or Austin. Yeah, 100%. Cool. Uh, let's jump into some TV news. Uh, this first story is a super local one, but I felt like it had to be shout out. The icon, the voice, the, 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 the weatherman of Chicago, Tom Skillinger, earlier last month announced he's retiring next year. Uh, is this going to sound like crazy? So it's WGN, which is like one of the channels in Chicago. He was basically asked people, the weatherman of Chicago. This was it. He was there for 45 years. And it was just one of those that I had to shout out because like growing up, it's like you understand, like Globe TV. It was just one of those people you just always saw on TV, kind of. And it's a wild how someone lasted 45 years doing the, the news weather. So, yeah, I mean, I like, we would get WGN. Mm-hmm. Um, or I'm at. Right, even, I was even thinking, yeah, because just because how like the it sends out the signal, you guys probably picked it up. Yeah. Yeah, and that was Tom Skelling was the truly this like. It's just one of those like when that news story dropped, it was one of those you just saw you could just kind of see like every local thing reporting it immediately, just because it was like one of those icons, TV, local TV. So, yeah. Uh, the next thing I want to shout out, uh, we don't have to get into Super Chats, but I want people to go read if you're curious. Over at Variety, there's a giant post called Crisis at Marvel about Jonathan Majors, the Marvels, reshoots, and the whole shebang. It's where a lot of, you've been seeing like uh, social media stories about a bunch of Marvel news that seems like really specific about numbers of, it's probably from this story. Uh, it is wild to me, uh, a few things of how mismanaged uh, it seems like a lot of Marvel stuff is, and also how expensive some of this shit is, especially with recently of it not looking amazing and not always sounding amazing. Like, like 
her example was the idea that so basically every Marvel TV show over the last few years has been at least two hundred million dollars, which like is insane for TV to astronomical levels. Or even there are stories in here about like them changing entire lines while our show is in active development and stuff like that of like Jesus Christ. I mean, this is the Go problem. It if you're curious, but yeah. it's insane. Yeah, this is the problem with like Epic right now, right? Where their cash cow is no longer their cash cow. Mm-hmm. And because they can't just throw money at something to fix the problem, all of the money that they've thrown at problems gets exposed. Mm hmm. And yeah, it's how you find out that. What what's their most recent film? The Marvels. Uh, the one that comes out, yeah, comes out yeah. next week from when we're talking. The Marvels cost two hundred and forty million dollars. And and like, which is forty million more than the first Avengers. Right, and like, and like, like the and apparently the Marvels is also tracking less than the Flash tracked. Yeah, like the, the Marvels is projected to make like forty five million dollars on its opening weekend. <laughs> Like, I mean, it Disney also actually it, lose money on an MCU film for two times in one year. It exemplifies the problem that I've had with the MCU, right? Where to understand the Marvels, you would have need to have seen, I think it's two movies and three TV shows mm-hmm. to figure out what's going on and to understand the characters. The thing that they nailed when they didn't have Marvel TV mm-hmm. was when they introduced a character, they spent 20 minutes going over right. who they are, what they do. And even like Spider-Man, maybe they did a little faster, but like they took some assumptions, like people know who Spider-Man is, for example. Now, I think yeah. a very valid assumption, right? You didn't have to give us a Spider-Man origin story because we all went, we know who Spider-Man is like as a general public. Yeah. And we had seen the In Spider-Man the way, Marvel. It, we had seen his origin story how many times? Like, right. It's the same way that, like, in the Patterson Batman movie, they didn't show the origin of Batman because we don't need to see it again, right? There are just certain heroes that I think we've gotten to the point we don't need to quite see it if you're going just off the normal level of what we expect it to be. Yeah. So. But yeah, if you want to go check it out, it's a long story. I think it's a good read, though. It's a big uh, boy. It's a big boy, but I do think it has a lot of information, especially if you're curious on the back end of how some of this stuff works. Uh, last of the film and TV news, shout out. It's a sad one. Obviously, this happened a few days before Halloween. Uh, Matthew Perry, obviously best known as Family Being and Friends, did pass away. Uh, he was found. He drowned uh, inside of his house, and they found him. Uh, obviously, it was shocking news. Uh, also, I got a shout out because even though that is the story we pulled from there, uh, just because it was the easiest story for me to find, uh, apparently it came from that, like, TMZ basically like paid local people to find out about it, and TMZ stopped being a piece of shit sometimes. Yeah, there. If okay, if you want to figure out, or if you want to know how much of a piece of shit TMZ is, more so than you already have an opinion of them, mm-hmm. watch the Tiger Woods documentary that HBO did. It's the latter half of the first part and basically the rest of the second part where they're talking about they paid a person to tail a waitress 
the Olive Garden waitress that Tiger was having an affair with. They tailed her and the guy dug through her trash and found like and got a used condom and got used tampons and this and that like out of some random person's trash because they were associated with Tiger Woods. And then they extorted him by saying, hey, do a cover on, I think it was Men's Fitness. Like, do a cover and do a cover story for Men's Fitness and we'll bury this. Like, they blackmail celebrities all the time. It's crazy. And I have zero respect for anyone that gets involved with them. Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, next segment we have on the show. Uh, we've actually kind of did some sweating and stuff. Uh, this is now I'm calling it the wrestling topic. Just kind of put them all together. Uh, I, the big one, AJ, when you talk about on this list is the thing that I think we you have been dreading for a while or making fun of the possibility is that Ric Flair has now a multi-year AEW contract that includes him being cleared to wrestle. But, I gotta know, when you saw that, how much were you like, what the fuck? But the best part is, he's not getting paid by AEW. Right. <laughs> Woo Energy, which is W followed by five O's, because that's the trademark, has paid AEW to become the official energy drink of AEW. <laughs> Woo Energy will be paying Ric Flair. This is, I think this is Tony Khan's best finesse. <laughs> really, right? Because like, yeah, because like he could look it up and be like, "We're not paying him." Yeah, it's an ad. It's an, at the end of the day, he could be like, "It's an ad," and just treat it like an ad from a like how the rest is the other point of view and all that stuff. I do like that they brought Flair in for Sting's last run. Right, that's the other thing I wanted to bring up too. Uh, Sting will be retiring officially next year. Sting also seems like the wrestler, when he says he's going to retire, I think I believe him. Well, like, I'll see yeah. Ric Flair infamously retired six months ago, or a year, or whatever the hell that was. Yeah, that's like, like two and a half years ago at this point. But the point, like, like wrestlers really don't. But, like, I think Sting seems like someone to me where he might actually. Oh, yeah, he will. Sting will go live on a ranch in Georgia somewhere with his... Millions that he made from Turner and his millions that he made from Khan and his like 50 bucks that he made from Vince. <laughs> so. Yeah, uh, and the other final wrestling story of the month I had to shout out is I think it's pretty wild, but it, it is the return of TNA officially next year. Tits and Impact ass are coming dead. back. Long rise TNA. Like I, like I don't know. It's just one of those. Like it's a super dumb branding change, but like it totally makes sense. And like I feel like TNA is the better brand, also. Than Impact. Yeah. Like I think it, it makes. If you were to be the like <coughs> we are that next tier after E, like that next that ne- that like not the top tier wrestlers, but like they're probably the best of that next tier. I do think it's a better branding for them, and it's a branding that probably means more to people. I mean, they are just following in the NWA power. Mm-hmm. 
uh, mold of bring back classic wrestling name, right? Mm. Um, Billy Corgan brought back NWA power specifically. And the Carter family is bringing back total nonstop action. Um, just don't bring back the six-sided ring, whatever you do. <laughs> I like how they do announce they weren't, too, because that was a real thing that <laughs> people were definitely concerned about, I think it was fair to say. So, But yeah, uh, trailer talk. So we have four trailers. I, I kind of hedged them down to the four. I think, I think these are the four biggest trailers I saw dropped throughout the month. They are Ferrari, Napoleon, Priscilla, and Iron Law. I think we should start with the bottom since we're already on that topic. That Iron Claw trailer. Please tell me you thought it was as good as I did. Uh, it's good. Um, I don't know, right? Like the Von Eriks are. That's a tough, tough story mm-hmm. to tell. Oh, it totally is, and I'll be curious if they could pull it off. Um. For those that don't know, just go watch the uh, Dark Side of the Ring on the Von Eriks. It's an hour long. It tells a story better than anyone ever could. Mm-hmm. It does look good. I'll, I'll give them that. So will I be seeing it? Absolutely. Um, which is probably more than I can say about Ferrari. Like, I'll go see it, obviously, because really? it's Ferrari, but. It being Michael Mann and it being Am Driver, I think, was enough to get me interested. Like, I think those are the getting me in the door part. And I'll be especially like Ford Ferrari was obviously we saw one iteration. I'll be very curious kind of how different is he or the same kind of from that tradition that wasn't that long ago. Yeah, I mean, like the thing of it is they don't have to cover that for him. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you have to mention it, right? Like, especially being in like. Oh, no, it'll like, probably be like a 10 minute sequence. Yeah, but. like, I don't mean you have to spend time on it, but like in some way you have to be like, this is also happening as yeah. part of his story. Uh, the trailer that I do think is the best of these four, though, is Napoleon. And I, and I am excited to see how this film actually is. This is another four hour epic, isn't it? Yes, it is. But I'm, I'm calling it right now. This is not a movie club movie. <laughs> until it comes out on streaming girl? then maybe we can watch it but. that's fine we have some other options we'll get to in a, in a bit later on it is on that list of potentials but we could we could definitely find it off uh yeah that is kind of the film stuff Priscilla's though too i feel like me and aj both probably have the same it looks fine opinion i'm intrigued but like nothing i think have we anything to add to it unless you feel otherwise no that's about it Okay, perfect. Uh, let's jump into some game stuff. We got bit, but this I think won't be too bad. Um, first one is, because Epic's an idiot. Uh, I just had to, I, I think we can't let Epic get away from these layoffs and the dumb sales without at least shouting out their idiocracy of buying Bandcamp. So apparently when they sold off Bandcamp, earlier, they had to lay off 50% of the staff to make the deal go through. Jesus Christ, I swear to God, if, if I hear the words one of these days that Harmonix also gets killed from Epic, I'm just gonna kill the Epic. Like, Epic, why are you, like, 
don't buy companies A, to just convert them into Fortnite companies, but B, that you don't know what to do anything with. And I think that's my yeah. problem with the two of like, they, they had no clue what to do with Bandcamp. It was they had too much money lying around. That's the thing, right? Like, it's what I was saying with the Saudis, right? Epic had all this money from Fortnite and no idea what to do with it. So they just started buying everyone. The problem was, as soon as that Fortnite money even stagnated, not even started to fall, Epic is like, oh shit. We're not going to make a profit. Mm hmm. So what do we do? Well, why did we buy Bandcamp? Yeah. But I'm concerned because that's also why they bought Harmonix. I've not heard there have been decimated, but like that, like they bought them for basically the same reason. Yeah. The just Harmonix was the technical end in game versus Bandcamp yeah. having the payment process and all that like other stuff. Yeah, I think also I th- it's a mess. The the purchase of Harmonix and Bandcamp makes me feel like Epic was trying to push into. You know, they have the Creator Club mm-hmm. and Fortnite. Maybe progressing into music with that. Yeah. That's the only thing I can think of why they would have. Those two specifically, right? Mm-hmm. Bandcamp for the distro. Harmonics because they can make the tools necessary. So. Yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, the fact that Harmonics has lasted this long. It's breath. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Next news story uh, is apparently as we're going to get to today, uh, the game's industry is just a mess and Sony is no different. Uh, Well, apparently this isn't on Sony. I think there was some broader applications on Sony that will kind of I'm going to merge two stories into one here, but but. There is stuff here. So, so the first half of this is Bungie has laid off what I believe is 8% around 100 people, this staff, uh, and delayed both the final shape to June 24 and then Marathon to 25. And also, uh, apparently Naughty Dog had let go of some people and there are some rumblings going on that their last factions is also basically being put on ice or super staff down. So that's why... And while I know you're about to say kind of counter and be like, it's more a Bungie thing. That's why I do think it's a broader Sony thing, too, because it's not just like Bungie, which is this independent entity. It seems to be like a Sony having bigger problems thing. Well, the Bungie layoffs apparently have been a long time coming. Mm-hmm. And. Irregardless of the purchase, like the purchase just staved off these layoffs mm-hmm. is what it sounds like. The Naughty Dog one is more of. It feels like it. If factions were a real thing, it would be out by now. Mm-hmm. Or we'd know about it, like in actual ways, like we would like, even yeah. if it's not out, we'd be like, oh, there's a date or it's Q1 or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I think it should have been out by now because. The first season of the series has been done for a while. Last of Us mm-hmm. 2 was three years ago, going on four years ago. The Last of Us momentum is 
dead right now. Factions isn't going to bring that back. Mm -hmm. It needed to have launched while there was still hype around the brand. So I think that's part of it too, right? Is they were like, we can't figure out how to push this out anytime soon, so we got to downsize. So, I mean, by all accounts, everything that I've read about the Bungie layoffs, Sony's money didn't help with those. Like I said, they basically just staved them off. Also, one of the bigger things it seems too is uh, that that Bungie seemed to have influence on the Last of Us game too. So there could at least be some relation to that, too, uh, that I would at least give. Well, yeah, because, I mean, Bungie was brought in because they're the only one that makes a live service game. Mm hmm. So other than Polyphony, but. So Bungie was Bungie was probably helping them out, being like, OK, here's how we do it. And then <laughs> writing was on the wall that Destiny fans hate Destiny 2 right now. So maybe they're like, well, shit, we can't seem to put out anything good. We have to focus on our game first. And the fact that they can't focus on their game. And produce. Destiny quality stuff, right? I think is a bigger problem than Last mm -hmm. of Us Factions. No, that's very true. Uh... I mean, honestly, the fact that Factions was always going to be a separate thing. Mm -hmm. basically told me it was never going to come out. Yeah, because originally it wasn't, and they announced it, what was that, right before the game came out, like a few months before the yeah. game came out, they're like, and eh, now it's separate or whatever. So, there yeah. was, there was, I, think, I am, I want, I, I'm hoping someone like Shryer is able to get deep into Sony and kind of figure out what the hell is going on. Honestly, I think Microsoft would be a more interesting one to dive into right now. To be fair, I think both of you right now. I think both of them. Microsoft is. I think Sony has a better operation, actually. I, if I'm being objective, I think Microsoft has more money is what saved them. Because yeah. Microsoft, it, like, they do layoffs. They do all this stuff, right? But if they wanted to just be like, we could have a game going development for 10 years, they can eat that. Where Sony really can't. Yeah, they so have the, a... The, the, Microsoft Games is not the number one part of the Microsoft portfolio. It's like 5% or something like low. If that. Right. Where we're like PlayStation, PlayStation is, is number one at Sony. Yeah. <laughs> Has been for a and, while. And that is the difference, too, of like, that's why I think Sony, you see stuff crack factor. And it's not because they're a worse operation. It's because they don't have the wiggle room. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of Microsoft, I wanted to at least shout out the uh, uh, oh, AJ, you were practicing some sounds before. Do you mind doing the most appropriate noise for what I'm about to say? Uh, we would like to say adios to gaming's, how do we say, not uh, nicest CEO. Thank, thank you, thank you, thank you. Bobby Kodak, effective the end of this year, will be leaving Activision Blizzard as their CEO. And we could finally say goodbye to what is, like, I know we have other CEOs that people don't like. What is the most justified hated CEO in gaming, I think? So, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm trying to think of, like, like, especially the current ones. Like, he had to be the most justified one if people actively disliked. I mean, well, until he left, Unity's CEO. Mm hmm Kind of and had. Will, and thank you for that. Uh, John McTelly also is the other news. Is out as um, Unity's CEO. And I had to bring that up because gamer game creators of the world, I think, rejoiced that morning. 
he probably would have been in the running because he kind of had hate everywhere he went. The odd thing is the hate around him seems to have always been preemptive. Mm-hmm. Like everything that he pushed for for change eventually became adopted. Yeah, that is very true. So it's almost like he was a, a martyr at the time. And it was just accepted, you know. Eventually. Loot boxes have been a thing now for, what, 10 years at this point? Mm-hmm. And he was pushing them back in 09. And that's what kind of got him ousted. Was his push towards loot boxes. But. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and then the final story. This is a very you story, AJ. Uh, iRacing has announced they have acquired all of the NASCAR team properties and now have an exclusive rights for some simulation games. And the first one of those will be coming in 2025. I'm assuming this is a game that will be on your list. Uh, no, because the NASCAR offering in iRacing is amazing. Um, really? Oh, yeah, it, dude, it's incredible. Uh, so basically what this is going to be is iRacing development has purchased the rights to the NASCAR Heat games. Mm-hmm. So kind of the more arcadey um, console games. <laughs> because iRacing is never going to come to a console. I hate to say it. It just wouldn't work. This is a great thing because it gets another license out from Motorsport Games. Mm-hmm. Which is a dumpster fire inside of a dumpster fire right now. And this will allow, ideally, the console NASCAR games to get back to that NASCAR 2003 era of when people loved those games. Because people forget NASCAR 03 was made by Papyrus, who became iRacing. Mm -hmm. So they have a history of making console racing games for NASCAR. They also have one currently out for World of Outlaws, the dirt racing series. Um, That seems to be doing okay. But yeah, this is huge for the NASCAR license. Um, I never put it in the news, but iRacing has the SRX license. Mm hmm. Um, I didn't put that in because that is so niche that even right. most iRacing fans wouldn't care. Um, so yeah, this is huge news. I love it. It's great. Thanks. That is very exciting. Uh, yeah, and that is all of the news we have that, that I would I, deem a fit for serve unless AJ apparently has something last minute. He has yeah, to say. I, I do hope that iRacing includes the livery designer for the console game so that I can have the uh, the stabbing wagon on console. Mm-hmm. Which is a uh, NASCAR that I made to look like a little Tykes car. So right on the bottom, yellow on the top. And then along the back spoiler it says stabbing wagon. Of course. Of course. Yeah, that is all the news dish to fit for this month. Uh, jumping into games coming out 
Since we're doing this a little bit late, we apologize. Some schedules, especially with long-ass movies, uh, messes up this month, so we're sorry we're a week behind normally, so I did include what would be coming out in all of November that mattered in this list. Uh, these are games that we know of dates going from the day this is posting, actually from the 2nd of November to February 8th currently, because that's kind of, I don't want to go too far out. But this is the only games that I really looked, that I really, like, I think would be big games that kind of hit. Uh, Ro Robocop Rogue City came out on the 2nd. Palace Principle 2 came out on the 2nd. MW3, as you're hearing this officially out on the 10th, that, that does not sound amazing. The uh, campaign looks rough. Right. Uh, Invincible Presents Adam Eve, November 14th. The reason I put on there is apparently, based on some previews, it could be pretty cool. If you like the Invisible License, Avatar Frontiers of Pandora comes out December 7th, which is basically the last big game of the year. Suicide Squad Kill the Chess League comes out February 2nd. Do we believe that? I don't know. And then Helldivers 2, the game I'm probably most looking forward to on this list, comes out on February 8th. Is there anything that I really feel like I missed that we know dates of? Anything on this list that's standing out to you? I'm trying to think of anything that would have been... Um... You'd be surprised. We have very few dates for next year of even big stuff. And yeah. Not actually, and from studio outputs, we don't know a lot also. So. Pretty interesting to see. Let's see. December. House Flipper 2 comes out. That'll be another mm -hmm. kind of not idle game, but definitely one of those that It'll be fun for people on PC. Um, supposedly, Baldur's Gate 3 is coming out on Xbox by the end of the year. Supposedly, but... Whether or not that happens, I have no idea. Uh, uh, Disney Dreamlight Valley is supposed to be coming out by the end of the year. It does come out early access, that's true. Um, I've heard actually good things about the game. Across yeah, the it was... Especially now, now they're dropping the free-to-play to make it a premium game. Yeah. Can I actually look at something I'm gonna pick up? Yeah, I think that's my biggest stuff. Uh, final order of business, movie club. I'm, it's on the list. I'm gonna say the five things here. Obviously, one of them I think AJ automatically struck. Uh, our five games. That I think this is five movies, which is the most we've had in a month that I think would be justifiable candidates independently of how I viewed it. They are Priscilla, The Marvels, Hunger Games, Ballad of so Birds and Snakes. Napoleon and Maestro. My vote on this list is knowing you don't want to choose Napoleon would be Maestro, which is an upcoming movie on Netflix, which is about Leonard Bernstein and it's being played by Bradley Cooper. What about? Oh, never mind. That's not what I thought it was. What about Next Goal Wins? Next, what was it? Next Goal Wins. It's the Taika Waititi movie. Oh, how did I not notice this? Because I think it hasn't really been out on the radar until recently. Where can I see this thing? November okay, 17th. It comes on the 17th. Okay, cool. Yeah, but right, let's do that. I did not. I was not familiar with this film. It looks exactly up our alley. It looks hilarious. Uh, yeah, it looks great. I totally looking at this. I entirely agree. That is a change of pace I did not expect. So yeah, the movie club month is next goal wins. 
by Taika Waititi. Uh, it's super hard. It looks like it's not something super advertised, so I suggest that you go just look at it online, see if you can find it. So it looks pretty cool, though. I think AJ is 100% correct, and that was a good random poll that I did not expect. Oh, well, I will say I thought about that because um, I saw an ad for it on Instagram fairly recently, and I was like, that looks fun. I'm going to see that no matter what. This sounds great. A nice, a good a calm month. It will be next school when it comes out the 17th. Expect that, I don't know, sometime a week or two after. That is all we have, though. AJ, is there anything you want to say to the people just before we leave, depart, go to the next Earth? Oh, nice. Next goal wins is only an hour 40. <laughs> That's his favorite oh, part. Oh, my God. Doing it. <laughs> I'll have an afternoon or an evening. It might actually be safe when you see this movie. Who knows? I'm trying to think. Yeah. I'm even trying to see... Um... Hmm. I don't even see Napoleon on the list. It comes out in not wide release um, Thanksgiving. That's why. It's no, the it's twenty second. That's I was <laughs> I was too early in the calendar. That's why. Mm, okay. Okay. Napoleon's only two and a half. But still. I am fine with it. Yeah, next goal wins. wins. I'm definitely probably going to see, I'm going to see Napoleon. We can talk about it, but yeah, yeah, I'm totally fine with the next goal. I will say it gives off four hour epic vibes. It totally does. I thought it was because when you said that, I went that totally makes sense. Being Ridley Scott, oh. also. Like everything about that film screams, it could be a long one. Yeah. So that is all we have. AJ, like I asked, what, what do you what do you have coming up for you over this next few weeks? Anything stand out? Uh, in the next few weeks, anything that stands out? Um, uh, not really. I'll be in Florida in a couple weeks, but your usual excursion down there during Thanksgiving. Yep. Yeah. So. That's that's why I say it's not anything unusual, is it's literally mm. always on my calendar. <laughs> for every year. Your annual trip's down. Um, I will say, I'm putting this in for uh, Movie Club whenever it gets released. Mm-hmm. Um, the... I think it's called The Boy Who Fell. I the like that sounds familiar. The documentary that uh, Daniel Radcliffe put together on his stuntman. That's why it's... Yep. No, that's why. I was like, I just wrote about this. Yeah. Whenever that does come out, we're doing that. 100 It's the... It's not the boy who fell. It's something else. I'm going to do Daniel Radcliffe. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. I, when I do that, it's... Oh, Stunt Devil. Uh, documentary. It is called... Uh, what is it? It's David a play Holmes, on like the, the boy, boy who, who lived. lived. David Holmes, the boy who lived, is where you have to fold up. So, yeah, it, that did look good. I saw the trailer. It looks very good, and it's also one of those stories that. Also, I still enjoy how Daniel Radcliffe made his career when he was super young and just went fuck it. I do what I want for the rest of it. I mean, when you've got fuck you money, who cares? Like, like Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, let's be honest. 
is the only shot actor in the world who understood take the fuck you money and then use it to say fuck you, but like have fun with it. Don't do it and then be like, and now you're screwed. Like it's because he works and stuff. It's just he does projects he wants. He's a kid. He makes the money. Like all that little stuff of like, God, I wish I wish more people oh, had that attitude. This is coming out in November. Like, we December? We never we never have a good December one. Yeah, we'll do it for December. Yeah, because we never have. December is always going to be rough. Yeah. I even got an eyeball in it. Maybe Let's look at December cover. first. Um, we do have Godzilla minus one, though. Okay, that that is a. Um, which looks awesome. Uh, Let's see anything else. Renaissance we could watch. Silent Night. Okay, to be TBH, it would be Silent Night if we chose one. The John Woo film. Oh, yeah. And TBH, that still might be at the Radcliffe one. We're going to have to talk about it. Because <laughs> oh. Maybe Wonka, I don't, I don't care to see TBH, going to be honest. Uh, like, which one, Wonka? Yeah, like Wonka's not one that I think really interests me. Aquaman we are not seeing. I don't think you could pay me. Iron Claw is December. Oh. Okay, she's Dece- Why is December actually good? What the hell? Well, Iron Claw's Christmas, and we're not, we're That's off, fair. so. Yeah, yeah, and then Rebel Moon, like, there's a few stuff I'm like, it's actually a good paper. Ferrari's December, again, we're off during that, so it'd be January if we did it, so. So. Yeah. Also, just people know, as usual, we'll be off. We might have something, usually try to get something still going that we can Thanksgiving, but obviously that, that week and week after, it's kind of a light week for us, so just, yeah, we'll see you next time, and. Goodbye. I mean, we'll definitely we'll have a movie club before mm-hmm. um before we're off in mid December. Mm-hmm. So what it is. yeah, we might just do the boy who lived because Godzilla and Silent Night are the first of December. Right, that might be two two back to back. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, we'll give it. We don't make sure. Keep it on the socials. You know. See you next time. Goodbye. The SW Show and all of its affiliate podcasts are podcast by me, Mike Maroney, and AJ Losey, by sometimes by our contributors, including Corey King. You can follow the SWW Show on social media at the SWW Show, or sooner or later you go to patreon.com slash SWW to help us out. Thank you. We hope you enjoy the rest of your day.